everyone this is Marta and Marta because Anna is still not here it's the second episode this year uh, where Anna is still figuring out uh, her life um, and that may mean some bad news for Dave <laughs> thanks uh, I like this empathy thing that you're working on with lately yes. uh, because she would rather quit Dave than quit me I'm sure about that <laughs> <laughs> No comment. <laughs> no comment. I no. want to li- keep alive 2021, <laughs> and it's already challenging. Yes, uh, it's been uh, it's been eight days, and we are still in doubt whether a new year has started indeed, or is it like a day 39 of 2020 of December 2020? Yes. However, I'm not all too lonely, and I'm not gonna bore you to death, my dear listeners. I do have guests. And I do have guests that you know, because both of them have graced the show, some of them more than once. Hello, Sine. Hi. (laughs) Sine is probably the second one who has graced the show most after me and Anna. I'm very grateful for that. I love being here. Yes. And then we have Jorn. Hi. Who has graced the show for the first time, end of 2020. And here he already couldn't resist yet another invitation and came back. I just just needed to come back for more. Yes, we did talk about it uh, immediately that we wanted to do the second show, kind of like a continuation uh, of uh, the show that was entitled Can You Cure Addiction? because we did not think that we have actually cured everyone yet. So we thought that a second uh, part would be a good idea. So there's still a little bit of work to save the world from addiction. Just a little bit. Okay. Just a little bit. So we need to save addiction from the world. (laughs) Oh, maybe that's it. I think this year that may be a good statement. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, sometimes the solutions are part of the problem. Uh, too philosophical. Uh, today I, I wake too up with <laughs> yeah, Dave <laughs> on fire. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yes, we are here and we are going to talk about actually how to fully move on from addiction. So we did uh, touch upon the fact that when you're addicted, you're addicted physically, but you're also addicted mentally, emotionally. So now we are going to start from this point. You don't see yourself as an alcoholic anymore, but you're kind of also not like really keen on drinking, meaning that if you are not an alcoholic anymore, why couldn't you have a drink or two every now and again? Or could you? So that's kind of like uh, the question that we are going to explore today. 
And um, we are going to dig into the nuances of addiction. So we are going to talk about other types of addiction as well today. And we are going to talk about spectrum of addiction. And we will touch upon exchanging one addiction into another and another and maybe another one again. <laughs> We humans can be quite good in doing that. And if we are lucky, we might even go down to root causes of addiction. And if we do, maybe we can really get down to healing <laughs> and curing something. Let's see how it goes. So uh, I'm so... <laughs> Surrounded here by people that... <laughs> by addicts. There's quite some expectations <laughs> to put on the show already. What do you want to know, man? <laughs> yes. Yeah, quite some addicts. <laughs> yes. And the funny part is uh, when we were preparing for that show, I had a conversation with Sina and Jorn, and we were, of course, talking about that. Aren't we all addicted? You know, at the end of the day, do you know one person that is actually addiction-free? Because... Just because I have never signed up to the club where you guys were, like AA or NA or whatever, you know, wh whatever kind of club. Oh, I wasn't that privileged. We never got invited. You have never been a part no, of the, the club the, the either? No, the meetings were in Danish. Oh, the invitation oh. is there. Yeah. Just let me know, I'll take you. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Dave did share uh, on the on the first part of the show that he was uh, addicted uh, as well, and um, yeah, I, I of course I'm also addicted. It might not be alcohol, it might not be uh, narcotics. <laughs> I don't know, like drugs, narcotics, such a fancy word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like your input in this. It's a, it is a fancy word. It's a big difference between alcoholism and narcotics. Use, I guess, no? Well, I don't see the narcotics as fancier. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying no, that they are fancy. The, the word it is narcotic. No, mm -hmm. yeah, no. yeah. What I wanted to say is that uh, we often, we have these addictions that are kind of like stereotypically considered an addiction and it's a bad thing to do, like over drinking, over abusing substances and so on. And we might be addicted to things that are actually considered as a good thing. Like we might be addicted to work. We might be addicted to helping other people. Mm. Uh, we, exercising. Yeah, we might be addicted to exercising. So that was the only point I was semi-successfully trying to make. What are you addicted to, Marta? What oh, am yeah. I? Marta, what are what you am addicted I? to? I think we will explore that through the show. So, listeners, if you want to know what <laughs> Marta is addicted <laughs> to, stay tuned. <laughs> I'm not going to disclose it at the very oh, no, at the not. very beginning oh, no. of the show, am I? Clever choice. <laughs> yes. So, why don't you drink? <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the, the the simple answer is uh, there is no reason for me to take the chance. I don't know what will happen, and a lot of people who are like me in many ways have told me it's a bad idea. Still, I technically don't know what will happen, but. It's my true belief it's not worth 
the chance. But is it like, are you interested in doing that? Is that something you would like to do and you like stay away from it just in case? Or is it like, I'm actually not interested. I don't do it because I don't feel like it. I have it. no interest. I never think about it. Okay, good. I have no interest in it anymore. I know this is this this varies from person to person and and in the let's say the first few years of being clean and sober it it would it 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 would pop up, you know, that some things might be easier if I could take a few drinks. But it's more of an idea. I, there is no point. There's nothing I will I don't need it in any way. Um, I think a lot of us experience that we feel a bit weird in the beginning when we yes. say no to drinks. Um, but in my experience, it's in my head. It's me. I am expecting other people to find it weird. And they don't really. Mm. Um, some people might ask, why don't you want to drink? And I give them an answer but most people don't really care. And why would they? Yeah, I guess you have not been in Poland too long because that would never end <laughs> exactly. up after. Uh, I, I, oh, I'm not drinking today. No, come on, you're not going to drink with me. Then we can't, you know, like you... Uh, you I've been there. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I guess it, it can also depend on the country you might be putting well, up much a, more. I have, a, <laughs> I have a good excuse because I can always tell them that I have drunk everything I'll ever need to drink, you know? Yeah. That it's that that option is, is used for me, and people respect that. Yeah, people do respect yeah. that. Yes, it's more if you just say I no. I have never been to Poland, but yeah. I. Well, we're I taking so. you there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the next show. You'll be yeah. That's the next show. Yeah. yeah. But I did experience like in the beginning that, bef I think it's also becoming clear in yourself, like standing strong in yourself. Like I no, it's just a clear no, because in the beginning I would. I was still, you know, you're finding your way and it's new. And you, for me, I used to be the one who was drinking the most, right, in in the group of friends. So then suddenly not drinking. Um, and obviously my closest friends didn't question. But other people around, like, just saying no in the beginning wasn't always enough. Like, I, I often had to pull a card, you know, uh, I'm in AA. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Like, so just to, like, it can be a part of it for some. And I definitely had to, to move through that and learn to, to just be, you know, okay in myself. So coming back to the original question, why don't you drink, Sina? <laughs> well, I... <laughs> now, no, like, honestly, like, like, Jorn just said, yeah. I'm just not interested. I, I don't think about it. How about you? Which can sound absolutely absurd when it's something that has <laughs> taken such a huge, like has taken up such a huge part of your life. But for me, I don't want to. Simply, I don't want to. I don't think about it. It's not like, it's just not there anymore. And that is strange. And also I've... I feel like what I experience is is so much better than what I could ever experience with alcohol. Like the experiences of I have now of real connections is is so much better. But but the short answer is just I don't want to. 
you could have been more fun if you said, I would really like to try. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know if it would work for me. Okay. Sorry, but listeners, <laughs> too. <laughs> but no, I, I can make these jokes because Sin and Jorn are my very close friends. I would not joke that with everyone. So just everyone knows that I'm not an insensitive biatch. I'm just <laughs> knowing with whom I can I don't make know this. <laughs> <laughs> you are very, very kind person. Uh, Dave, can I, can I ask you a question? Yes. No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, you, well, when you just going back to 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 the clear no, do you think there's something in the energy that you sort of put into your answer or the signal you send? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Great. So, <laughs> no, I I definitely think so that when I'm clear in me, yeah, then other people also respect that. And obviously there can be situations when that is not the point. But to, I would say, 99% of my experiences was when I was clear, it was a non-issue. And I experienced it as a non-issue. Yeah. Now it's people don't ask me. Yeah, it's the same for me. It, 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 it's sort of my, um, sort of me being not clear in the beginning made people offer me two or three or four times or mm. or if I did not say why I didn't want to drink, I would, you know, I would feel some sort of pressure. Yes. But as I became clear, I don't want to do that. And when I was 100% sure I'm not going to do this, then people stopped asking almost. You know, it was just so much in our energy. A lot and also... And then you can reach the conversation instead yeah. of why are you asking me that question? Like, then we can have the conversation when I'm clear. Like, why is it such a huge thing? Because there is like an, a, a curiosity behind that also I experienced in many people because still in the market is a huge thing in when in your, you know, teenage or 20, 20s that you drink. So why don't you? Yeah. And then you can have that conversation from a point that is not that is equal and not um, and not in defense. Yeah, from, from our part. Yeah, yeah from our part. Because I, I, I've definitely met people who who are clearly uncomfortable in a situation with people not drinking yes. because it's new to them. But I, my experience is the same as yours, Sina. If 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 I if I am sure, then then it's not a question as whether or not I'll I will drink. Then it's more of a question: Why is it a problem? Yes. And that's really interesting. That that's an interesting shift. We then, then we can have the conversations. Yeah. And yeah. we can discover some new alcoholics and sign them up to our new club. prospects. <laughs> But don't you think? Don't you think that as well? It, it, it is a, a time of adjustment for each people to get to that point. Because for instance, I, I, I don't have, I never have a problem with drinking. I don't necessarily drink much, you know, sometimes I do it, but it's very spare. Uh, but I would not drink for, for instance, with my ex-wife that you met Karina, no? Yeah. Yeah. And you have met her too. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning I didn't drink with, with her around because I knew that she was adjusting to that process, you know? Sure. Uh, but now she's in the point that she doesn't care because she's in the point that, well, I'm not interested anymore. 
you know. But the first few years for her was it was you can see there was a struggle to be around people that was drinking, you know. So I think it's a process of for some people it's a process of adjustment uh, to get to that point when there's no a non issue, no. Oh, you mean for for former. Uh, yeah, for former people yeah, that yeah, already had a problem with dealing with substances of any nature, no? and, there are. and there's yeah. also a very different thing of what happens in your own home mm -hmm. than when you're out among people, like what what you allow in your own home in the beginning yeah. while you're adjusting to this new I don't know, new behavior, but this new way of being in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and there's different difference between how long that period of adjustment is. Yeah. For yeah. some people it's forever. Mm. There are yeah. there are people in AA who will not attend any social event that includes alcohol for decades. And 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 you know, we are different. That's a choice. Yeah, sure, sure. And 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 I don't want to talk for other people, but well I know people who feel that way, that that alcohol is something they do not want anywhere near them. And and, and I can respect that. And there's just, it, I, I, I imagine it puts a limit on what these people can do. If you completely say, I don't want alcohol anywhere near me anywhere, there are places you can't go. And um, well, it's not a it's not a sacrifice that I that I want to make. And I don't need to make it. Mm. So, but but people are different. But it's definitely, a, you know, like we were having a different conversation earlier on, and and there was a couple of situations put on, and both of them got to a similar outcome, but for completely different reasons. And in this case as well, you can put it in that, in this context, you know, not everybody get to addiction for the same reasons that other people. Therefore, it's a very personal trip, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So therefore, as well, might might be the I don't know solution or or the or the way to change that behavior might be very personal either uh, as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very personal mm. journey, and it's different. So that's actually a really good something that you've mentioned, Jorn, that there may be people that might not want to be around alcohol for decades in their life, <clears throat> even though they might not be addicted physically at all. And that kind of like brings me in my thoughts to the how how do you get like mentally and emotionally sober? I don't think everybody does. You don't think everybody does? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Yeah. It is. It is. You know, we are. I'm just saying we. Everybody who just include everybody who sees themselves as an addict or former addict. Let's just you know, because. Who who are we talking about? You mentioned the spectrum. It is very difficult to put a line and say you belong in the category of an addict and you don't. And 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 it is very individual and, and we are all very different. But if we just talk about people who see themselves as addicts, um, there are people who get to a point where they are physically well, that they have no residue of the chemical stuff in their body anymore. And for them, that is enough. They do not change anything but taking the drug. And, and there are other people who keep searching and has 
a need to keep growing or a want to keep growing. So we are also very different in in what we do when clean and sober. So what would it mean to you, Jorn, to be mentally sober? And Sina, you'll get a question about emotionally sober. So you might as well. <laughs> That's this is a is a good way of splitting it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are my friends, after all, so I know how to split it. Don't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> So what does it mean to you, Jorn, to be mentally sober? For me, it was, there was a lot about learning about how an alcoholic thinks. Uh, I, I learned a lot from hearing other people's experience and, and, and recognizing that I did the same. Um, and recognizing these patterns of thoughts that Uh, let's say I am angry with a colleague and then I only think about what that person did and that leads me to become more and more angry. There's no solution. There's no nuance. There's just me in my head pounding on the other person and doing that for a long time, you start to feel bad. Being angry for a long time makes you feel bad and then my brain would say, okay, now I'm fed up with this feeling bad, this anger. How do I move on? And I only had one solution. I only had one idea that pops up. And that idea was, you know, have a few beers. I know you're alone and you've got to work tomorrow, but just a few beers, it'll sort of, do, you know, then it will sort of dissipate and disappear. And many times that was true. And very few times I even drank just a few beers, very rarely, but it happened. And, and so I was, I was sort of locked. I had a mental idea early on and that fitted with how I viewed my own experience. Drinking a little bit would help. Um, I now know it's a complete illusion. It's just what it looked like, but Mentally growing up or mentally becoming mature or sober mentally was a lot of the way for me was to, to, to learn or, or to, to begin to see these patterns that I did myself in my head. How much I actually created lies or I created illusions for myself just thinking. And there are many different examples. This was an example with anger and It could be many different situations and I would sort of make the same conclusion even though I wasn't aware that I always made the same conclusion. The same conclusion was, I need a break. And I only knew one way to break. So are you now mentally sober? Yeah. And how does it manifest itself? What does it mean for you to be, you know, like how does it look in your life now that you're mentally sober? The difference, you know, like... Well, the, so the, mentally, the mental sobriety means that alcohol does not pop up in my mental uh, system. So that's the, that's the sobriety. That's the, that's the, 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 there is no longer an alcohol or a drug that pops up in my mind as an idea or as a suggestion. It simply doesn't happen. So that's the proof that I am mentally sober whether or not i'm mentally mature you know that's a different that's a different issue and and i think that's 
it's very important to, 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 to bring that in because what I've heard other people tell about and what, what I've experienced is that if, if I am not mentally very mature, if I still only see the other person as the bad guy and me as a good guy, if I, if I, if I have this childlike view on the world in my head, I am very close to the idea that I need a break or that I need something to fix this. Because it's a, if I'm only focused on the other person, I am in a position of no power of change. So maturity is quite important to get me sort of further away from mentally being an addict. Mm. And that could be to look at my part. Why do I feel bad about what this person did? Why do I care? You know, and then moving into the sphere of where I'm, where I actually have some power. Because when it's about me and my perception, you know, I, I have options. I don't have options if I'm angry at a person who is making a speech on Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, 6,000 kilometers away. You know, I, if I'm angry at, at Trump, it, it's, it will lead me nowhere. But if I, if I look at why, and you know what's inside of me then i've got something to work with hmm. thank you thank i will you. have points to follow up on but <laughs> i would just like to bring the other aspect the part of what does it mean to be emotionally sober and sina you're now called to the stage and the stage is yours i have arrived <laughs> <laughs> well i was just reflecting upon that because that in itself is a huge uh, subject but there is, because the first point is the, obviously the physical, you know, uh, of sur surrendering that and um, surviving. So that is like the first part. Um, and then the real work <laughs> comes. And there's a there was, for me personally, a lot of growing up to do. And I've been sober close to six years. February, it's six years. And to me, it's the not using anything outside of me to deal with my feelings and emotions. And that is a process um, of, of sobering up and of becoming, what was the word, um, mature in that. Because when I, honestly, I thought, oh, but alcohol was the issue which yeah there's some to that but it, it helped me so much of dealing with life you know in in that time it helped me to to deal with my life and i wasn't ready to deal with my emotions and be with them so these years have definitely been like a look into like even what are the different different emotions i couldn't articulate them before I didn't know how do they even feel in my body, uh, so so that uh, to begin with, which I, I learned through recovery, and then to dive deeper into the different. Oh, what am I feeling? And and just startly uh, noticing uh, when when there's discomfort. And this innate response to want to feel it, to not, 
not feel it, but feel it, and thereby not feeling it because whatever reason, you know. And for me, since I've also food has been a lot of I my journey too, and that was where to me it got tricky, uh, or where I've definitely had to 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 learn a lot. All right, we are getting to many different possible yes. pathways <laughs> here, and uh, thank you for bringing that. So, um, mentally being sober, uh, the way I heard you say it, Jorn, was about not having the idea anymore that it is about someone else, and that the only solution is to get that substance in order to deal with that emotional sobriety. It's more about uh, being able to feel your feelings rather than uh, avoiding them through any form of addiction. And this is where we are getting into those nuances of addiction and where we are getting into that question that I am so curious about. Um, and let's start from that question because I think it just brings it all nicely together. I've met it actually recently. That was so interesting for me that... From AA perspective, it's very clear that you should not drink ever again, that it's not recommended. You, you, you used to be an alcoholic. You should not drink alcohol anymore, right? It's well, very, in, very clear. In the view of, of AA, you, you are an alcoholic and you'll always be an alcoholic. That's true. Yes, so we did. you will never gain control over the alcohol. So if you take a drink, you are out of control and, and it's a gamble. Yeah. But what I found interesting from my point of view, I, I don't question that. That's, oh, no. you know, that's sure. that's beyond my uh, that's beyond my questioning in that I point. Do. Yes. But that's that's OK. What I am like really, really curious about is why other types of addiction are actually OK. So uh, we mean? had that conversation with Sin. Okay? I'm just yeah, I'm just going to bring it concretely with an example. Sina just gave me an example of meeting with someone in AA that was like a respectable person in and and Sina please correct me if I am uh, if I am saying something uh, you know uh, mm -hmm. out of truth here but someone, someone with long experience in in of being free from from alcohol yeah yeah and then having a conversation with that person where uh, you at that point felt that you needed to deal with your addiction from sugar and you just kind of brought it up that I'm not going to have sugar. And he was like, oh, but that's just food. And kind of like this, uh, this kind of like, yeah, just baffled me. And I just found it so interesting. And I just find it as all right. Where does addiction start and end? You know, I, I, think, and I, th I think I think it's something very interesting because, you know, I think it says in a it's uh, I I cannot live without making music. I truly cannot. I become a very miserable person, you know, if I'm not doing at least once a week involved with something that I have to deal with it. Pretty much I touch a guitar every day, you know. Do I consider it an addiction? No, I don't. I, it doesn't put me in the same mental state that other things will put me. So it's a very different thing between habits that help you because imagine if you said well you're addicted to meditation you know if you if meditation start bringing something very negative into your life 
maybe we'll go to that area, you know, because music never had, well, apart of not earning much money, <laughs> has never bring any really negative to my life. Actually, quite the opposite. It brings quite a lot of, uh, you know, I will put it in the area of love, you know. It, it gets me to that position to be who, you know, like other things that became a habit that helped me out didn't. So I don't know if it's, if, if addiction can be determined only for the fact that you do a repetitive thing that has an end. You know, it's something more, it's something more deep to addiction that goes out of that boundary. Yeah, and of course we are talking about that. So when we are yeah. talking about food, and that's where it does get tricky, because we do need to food, we need the food to survive. We are talking about a situation where you are using food in order to numb yourself and you are using it to the extent where it actually causes some damage in your life and you still keep on using it. That's that's how I would define where food becomes an addiction. Sure, sure. Where you, you know, you lie, you're not honest to yourself, you isolate, whatever it is that con the consequences are. But I definitely... Um, uh, take your points also into consideration, Dave. Um, and there's a lot to, I think in that specific example was not so much him because what, what he brought in uh, was, you know, incredible change and, and, and for many. And that was his, you know, purpose, if you could put it that way. And then what, as I see it, There, there begins to come a new layer for some, not for everybody, but a new journey for some in recovery of, um, which is also for later, like what is the root cause? And for me, it was just a moment where I started questioning um, if there was something more I had to look at for me in that 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 was how i took it that that moment uh and he just you know he helped me with his uh, with his view on it because oh but but what is it is that the view and uh, like that this is not as serious uh which was just his reflection because i i know many in, in AA that, that definitely does not view it as that and you know as addiction is addiction it it just uh, started to take me in another direction yeah of course it, it's more like how it's actually a very good point when are we starting to talk about addiction and that's again where mm -hmm. we come back to the spectrum and that's where you cannot really make a very clear line i think there is a line to make um It's very difficult to do on the behalf of others. Mm -hmm. But there is, for me, there is a very clear line and it's around, it's around whether or not you're conscious about what's going on. If you, as you say, Sina, if you lie to yourself, you know, if you make a connection that is not true, if I make the connection that um, eating sugar late at night fixes my feelings, That is me being unconscious because that is not true. That's not what's happening. Uh, sugar does give me something, a physical thing, and it might give me an, 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 an some joy to taste it or feel it in my body. 
But to make the jump to a feeling, that's, that is not true. That, that it, it might be what happens, but that is me making that happening. It, it's my reaction to the thing. If I'm trying to fix something, I am, you know, I can fix hunger with food, but fixing emotions with food, it might be working for you. It might work, but that's because you make it work. It's not the sugar making the feelings change. It's the sugar reminding you of something, giving you, let's say, a physical sensation, and you connect that physical sensation with a feeling. So it, it all goes through me and my consciousness. And, and yes, there is, there is something about when it becomes destructive that we can say, okay, this looks like an addiction because what you're doing is destructive. Let's say my consumption of sugar is very low and I fix a non-important, let's say it's, or it's not, oh, that was wrong. Let's say my consumption of sugar is very little and I use it to feel slightly less lonely late at night if I am home alone. Is that an addiction? Does it make me fat? No, it doesn't make me fat. It doesn't make my teeth fall out. Is it an addiction? Well, seen from the outside, we probably wouldn't call it an addiction. But from the inside, I am still lying to myself. So whether or not it's an addiction, that's, that's up to you to define. Um, but are you controlled by this? Well, I would say yes. If it's out of your consciousness, if you're lying to yourself, then you are, then you are controlled by something else. Then you are not in control yourself. And the music, your music makes, they, makes you feel good, you know? And I don't see that can be an addiction. It, it might be something that you think not doing this will make my life of a less quality. But you are aware of what you're doing when you play. No, the but music. There, there, this is a point, you see. And I think that there, there is a, the, the line you, that you said is, is be, between if you lying to yourself in a yeah. way, allowing something to take power yeah. and control over you. No, mm. when, I, when I play music, I don't feel out of control, actually it's quite the opposite. It's empowering me, you know? Yeah. So uh, the other things are, are there that, you know, because I, I have experienced addiction, so I know that it's a, I know how, the feeling of it, mm -hmm. you know? The feeling of it is very different. And there is a number, because if we, if, we, if we start thinking the material world, we are connected with it. It's, we are gonna be always depending on something, you know? You're cold, you need a coat. You know, are we addicted to coats? <laughs> no, we are not. Uh, but there is something there. There is a line that is crossed. No, the, the line that when you see, ah, yeah, or I'm lying to myself, or I'm starting to give power to something else that is not me. You know, and I think that is a, a very, a very interesting line to say. Yeah, there is a sign of that you are actually being. Maybe we, we are addicted to codes, but codes don't give us anything bad, but there is addictions to some other things that take power our, out of ourselves, And that is the things that we determine sometimes to be addictions. Sure. You know. And we can take cigarettes. Cigarettes are a brilliant example. Mm -hmm. Are we, I, I, I smoked cigarettes for 22 years. Um, was I addicted to, to cigarettes? Yes, I definitely was. I told myself a lot of lies 
and I used the cigarettes to fix things that cigarettes cigarettes do not fix. But I've created I created this whole idea that I need this to feel uh, relaxed, for instance, and and to some degree it was true. But the thing that made me not not being relaxed, the thing that made me 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 anxious or or or, or made me feel bad was that I had a cigarette two hours ago and now I'm missing the nicotine. But I couldn't see that connection, so I made a false connection. The connection was I need this to calm down and feel good. So that's an addiction. I'm addicted to this. Physical dependency, basically. Well, no, no. That's one thing. No, it was in, my, it was yeah. in my head. It was yeah, yeah, in my head. Because after eight hours of sleep, I would not feel more in need of a cigarette. It was when the feeling of anxiety would come. Yeah, yeah and I, I know because I smoked. So. Yeah, of course. So, so. And, it, it come, and as, as soon as I became aware of this, I, I, I got a genuine wish to change it. Mm-hmm. It took me some time because it, it, sometimes it takes time to, to change your habit and change your way of thinking and change the way you deal with your emotion because you need something else to deal with these emotions or these feelings. Yeah, it's also... So that if someone listens and it's just like, now I'm just going to quit everything, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big Please. mistake. Yeah. Do it one by one if you want to. Do it. Just, uh, um, well, you never know what people hear, but just to underline that, that it's, it's, it's some, t- sometimes it is like um, from one day to the other, but often it can yeah, it's definitely a process. And also mm. of being, regardless of whatever it is, but for, m- for my own sake with food, like being gentle with myself in it, yes. in the process, and actually understanding what is it that is going on underneath. And, and um, that it was a pattern of behavior that I at some point had created to survive sounds very dramatic, but it was a way of that dealing with my feelings when there wasn't something else. So, so this taking your time and, and learning what else um, could you do instead? So could you could either or both of you tell me how do you know when you're exchanging one addiction to another? Well, can I add one thing to Sina's just because yeah, I completely agree. It's not a it's not as easy as just to click your finger and stop because the connection might be false. It might be untrue that cigarettes make me feel better. But in my experience, it is what I use to feel better. And my brain believes this makes me feel better. So the, the effect it has on me is, is very, very real. And if I just take that away, I am missing something. I'm taking away a tool that I've used for 22 years to deal with a thing that I find uncomfortable, at least. You know, it could be bigger issues. So, no, you can't just take all, 
all the things away because it is defenses or tools or you can addictions are things that has a function inside of me so if i just remove them i'm left with nothing and that's often worse so it takes time and you need to be gentle with yourself and you need to find an, an, a new way so you have something to replace it with Yeah, so that that was why my question comes like, how do you know when you're exchanging one addiction to another rather than finding that um, that genuine way of? I liked what you said, Jorn, before was it was like using something, believing that it can fix, like the f- cigarette can fix my feelings, and that's not true. Yeah, it's an idea around it that yeah. you build and a connection that you make. So. That implies that there is actually something that works for those feelings, right? The, the idea works, yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, there, like, I don't know if it is uh, where you, if it is your belief, but that means that there is actually something that works for feelings, that really works for feelings. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and heroin is. will take the edge off. I promise <laughs> you. <laughs> so it, there is stuff don't that works. It's not that it doesn't work. It's the thing is, I am using something that has negative consequences that I don't want. The, the cigarette had so many negative consequences that I would love to be without. For all 22 years, I knew I was smelling. I knew I was out of breath. I knew I was spending money. And I knew I was shortening my life. All those four, I would love to be without. But that one thing, you know, that sort of feeling of break or was more important. So if there is negative sides to what you're doing that you would rather not have, then you should change it. Oh, so that's how you put it. Okay, so <laughs> using that example, okay, maybe you were uh, addicted to heroin and then you're like, okay, that has too many negative consequences. I choose now not to do it. And let's say I maybe can go to NA and maybe it can help me, or maybe my road will lead through something a little bit softer. For some sure. people, they can exchange it, for example, with alcohol, right? Sure. Then they notice, okay, alcohol doesn't work wonders either. I still have many of those negative consequences. Maybe I go to AA, and maybe I can get alcohol addiction-free, let's call it this way. or Alcohol-free, uh, at least. Yeah, yeah alcohol-free, yes. But mm. then I'm still having trouble dealing with those feelings. Yeah. So I might use food. And maybe also cigarettes at the same time, and maybe also play some games, and you know, and or you can kind of like yep. keep on, keep on going. So, how do you know that you're exchanging one addiction to another rather than fa- finding something that actually really works for you? Well, for me, it's very clear. It's the negative consequences. Changing one addiction to another is a very, very good idea changing a very hard addiction to a softer one. As you said, Sina, it's also a way of, of being self-loving and cutting yourself some fucking slack, you know, being easy with yourself. And, and, and if you've been addicted to, 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 to very, very harmful things for a long time, then eating a little too much is quite okay. You know, it, it, that's, that, that's a very good uh, step on the way. And... Is there an end to this? Is there a point where we do nothing that is harmful in any way? 
I don't know, but the steps lead in the right direction if we, you know, do what we can to get rid of the, let's just say we go from addictions into habits, but to get rid of the habits that have negative consequences. And no, it's not all at the same time. Because, you know, you will fall on your ass and you will go back to the earlier solutions at some point. That's a risk. And I think it's, well, my, um, the thoughts that just came up is also often we think of, it could be anything but with recovery as like a, a, like a straight line, you know, uh, from a, you know, we often talk about, you know, the basement <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, and then, you know, hitting rock bottom and then it goes straight up from there. And I just really want to, <laughs> what's that word? Crest that illusion because yeah. I think many, um, are hard on themselves for that reason because it's more of a of a cycle of in my experience in recovery and and the process of patience and forgiveness and acceptance and a lot more yes in that and then you know the willingness to keep on rising in in that sense you know keep getting back up because for me I definitely I thought oh <laughs> it's very sweet. <laughs> I think about it now, but this naive thing, then all problems are gone. <laughs> Alcohol is out the window. And I had to face that hard, you know, that feelings come. And and this uh, growing up in that, and I feel like I've, I've learned from all of it, but I definitely feel that I have had some tough learnings in growing up emotionally and this the the self sabotage and all of this that I was trying to run away from or deal with in other ways and to answer your question then for me it, personally it came in yeah I started in AA and then I discovered I wasn't you know I wasn't even aware that it was an addiction at the time, and I had never looked at myself that way, both with alcohol or with food. And then with food, I discovered, oh, there, there's something here. I'm, I'm using it in a way that is not working for me. So I have to go to OA, which is Overeaters Anonymous, and for, well, for all food uh, addictions. And it really served an amazing purpose, and I was about to go through the steps again and something in me was like and but then I'm gonna go to codependency or you know what or uh, shopping uh, you know shopaholics or I don't know why but to me that was just the point there's something below this that I'm ready to look at yes thank you thank you Sina you are bringing the root causes. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. Because I think that that's, that's where the conversation is naturally going anyway. Because, of course, you might ease, ease an up on very hard addiction through some less harmful addiction and less harmful addiction and so on. But at some point, if you are one of these people that actually wants to keep on growing, 
because you can be one of those people who are like, okay, as long as alcohol is out of my life, I'm fine, and that's where I stay. Yeah, and for some, that is can, fully. Yeah, you can you know, stop any time. That that's the journey. I think that's also the respect that we have different journeys. Yeah. Really, and for some, you know, going through the twelve steps, that's it, and you know, keep on working in that. That's it. So yeah, and, and that's it's very beautiful, and people fully. change their lives and incredibly, and and change their surroundings and the framework in their life by by being sober and 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 doing the twelve steps and staying at the meetings two times every week, and it's beautiful, and it is wonderful, and and these people would probably describe themselves as happy as well as I would. Mm-hmm. It, it, we are very different. I just I just really wanted to underline that and the respect around. Yeah, that yeah. different. I, I would like to say. I think. I think that there is. Uh, it, there is. There is both a danger and a positive thing. It, it is the narrative that we tell to ourselves that we actually live under. So, for instance, if we said it might help us, the narrative to save. Well, I'm not going to drink anymore. I've always been an alcoholic. For instance, it might help us. You know, but they are narratives, and they are powerful. You know, uh, and for instance, if you take the placebo effect, you know, you take a pill of sugar, and you thought that it was the medicine and it cures you. You know, these ideas are powerful as well. You know, so for some people, the idea of the twelve steps is powerful, but they, they are at the end of the day the narrative that we put over ourselves. You know, uh, are cigarettes bad or good? Well, if we decided that they are bad, they are bad, and that's the narrative that we're living under. Yes, you know, and 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 this, I think, is a very important thing to 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 for me at least to try to put into conversation because there are the guidelines of what is going to make us feel in power or out of power, and sometimes yeah. those are narratives that we're living under are flawed for us independently, you know, and then it's when we need to find a new one that actually is going to bring us closer to a point that, that we can say, well, I don't care about heroin. I don't care. Mm. You know, I don't care about alcohol. I don't care about this because we put another narrative that is bringing us closer to find a piece that we are actually in control. No? I think that is, 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 is a very important point for me in, in this sort of discussions. Yes, I agree. Be, because sometimes it gets left out. Yep. It, it, it yeah. is, the narrative is more powerful than the, you know, like for instance, for me, sometimes in AA, the narrative of AA itself, it is more powerful. Well, it's, than not, it's not your, it's not your narrative. No, no, no. But for that reason, you know, yeah. I do think that they are truly helpful because I know a lot of people that have been helped by AA. For for me, it was wasn't the solution, no. you know, because I saw you didn't that they, need it. no, and I saw that in the narrative was there is there were flaws, like for instance, declaring that I'm an alcoholic forever. You know, well. but 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 I know that that narrative helps people. But it's important to realize that there are narratives that we are actually taking over ourselves. You know. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's it's very difficult, or it's very uh, almost problematic to have an opinion an opinion about another person's narrative, because it is our reality, as you say. Yeah, because that is what it builds your reality. Yeah, you know? and and that's also why we talk about this as an as an existential problem or an existential solution it's the way you view the world and you in the world mm-hmm. and that is that is where everything everything is you know what what do i believe i am 
What do I believe is the truth about me? That's my reality. And having an opinion about another person's reality can be interesting, but it sort of doesn't really lead us anywhere. Sure. And 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 our realities are different. And 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 as you say, Sina, I think that was very important. The road is not straight. You know, we we are very different, and we can find pockets of joy and happiness, and we believe we'll stay here, and we can find you know, basements and places where we thought we already been and we already cleared this and it comes back. And it is, it's a bumpy ride. And if anybody want to stop moving forward, I, damn, I, 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 I know why. That, that is wonderful. <laughs> you know, it, I really respect that. Find your way in your place. Yeah. So it's, you know, either way, Moving a little bit forward is, is is extremely beautiful. Yeah, and thank you for bringing that uh, perspective, uh, Dave, into the picture because there is absolutely no doubt about the narrative. Your own narrative was the thing that brought you to the place of addiction in the first place. There were certain narratives that you were running in your own head that brought you to the place where you needed to look for this kind of solutions. And then you choose another narrative that is less harmful than the one before, and you go by that narrative. And some people find like, okay, that narrative actually works for me. That's something that I am all right with having as a life narrative. And there will be people who will be like, all right, that's something, something's not clicking here. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna look for something else. I'm gonna look for something else. And some of us maybe. be, uh, manage to arrive at an absolute truth rather than uh, using the narratives. But I think as long as we're humans, <laughs> we are quite prone it, to yes, teach using the fact narratives. That the fact that solution is far more at hand than you believe so. It's, it's a belief in your own personal story. You but know? it also requires different tools to change different beliefs and different yeah. narratives. Sure, but... Different tools uh, and different helps and different kind of work. You but know, you know, I see, I see, I see. For me, for me, addiction was a blessing. It wasn't a problem. It wasn't. It wasn't a negative thing. It was negative to go through it. Yeah. But it's closer to me to be to the sentiment or the concept of the ordeal. Okay. You know, to go through a initiation that you go through an ordeal that is terrible until you come to the other side with a more spiritual awareness about yourself. Sure. So for me. I don't see addiction as a negative thing. I see it as a, I'm happy that I survived it because it's tough <laughs> to get out of it, but I did it. I'm empowered. I moved forward. Sure. You know, so it is about the narrative that you tell to yourself and a lot of uh, points, you know what I mean? Uh, and that it depends on us. Yeah. And that is the work, you know, afterwards to, to get to that point where you are able to tell yourself something else. Mm -hmm. So yeah. to, to where you are, and I think that's also what you meant, you know, with getting to the root cause of finding, um, you know, what is it that is, is beneath and feeling, you know, empowered by that story and, and not, not a victim of it. Yes, and with that beautiful statement from Sina, we will be closing our uh, show for today and... You have not found out everything you needed to know about my addictions. Oh, and Jesus. I'm just going to say you it that you have not <laughs> found out 
anything about the root cause well, maybe something maybe just a little bit about the root they causes very of well crafted. Uh, uh, addiction so we may or Tune may not week. have part three at some point uh, people thank you for today Sina Yorn and Dave thank you for a good uh, conversation and bye thank bye you, thank you Marta bye bye you are listening to You've Got 5 Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that 5 indeed is a magic number. To catch up with our previous programs, apply to...